Welcome to the Robert J. Morgan Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you believe and cherish the Bible and to learn and love Christian history and hymnody. I'm producer Joshua Rowe, introducing your host, Robert J. Morgan. Be sure to visit robertjmorgan.com where you'll find Rob's blog posts, podcast feed, bookstore, free resources, and more. If you've not already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review. Now here's your host, Robert J. Morgan. Whatever happens, turn your balance sheet upside down. That's the theme of Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 through 11, which we're coming to today in our series of studies into the book of Philippians. You'll notice, of course, that I'm taking my time through this book. Every verse is a treasure, and so this is an in-depth study. Please take a moment to share it with other people. Invite them to study the Bible along with us in our weekly studies. And also, when you have a chance, check out my social media posts on Facebook Instagram, and Twitter. Some time ago, a lady named Elizabeth Gibson was walking along through New York City's Upper West Side when she saw a pile of trash. When I'm in New York, this is the area of New York that I stay in as well, and she was walking along a street that I know very well. The garbage truck was just down the street, headed that way, no more than 20 minutes out. But among the debris in this pile of junk was a piece of canvas. It had a lot of colored oils to it, and Elizabeth pulled it out of the trash and took it home and studied it and tried to figure out what to do with it. It was obviously a painting, but it was too large for her small apartment, and yet she loved the colors. Where did it come from? Why had it been thrown out? Why did it so attract her? Well, she began to investigate, and finally, With the help of the television program, The Antiques Roadshow, she discovered that it was a very rare painting by a famous Mexican artist worth over $1 million. And yet someone had thrown it out with the trash, not realizing its value. It's amazing how many people do not know the difference between trash and treasure. Well, the Apostle Paul did, and he explains it to us in the passage that we're coming to in Philippians chapter 3, beginning with verse 7, where we left off in the last episode. So let's read that together. If you have your Bibles open, you can read it with me, or otherwise you can listen, beginning with Philippians 3 and verse 7. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ— What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through Faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. 
Now, in this passage, Paul tells us two things. Number one, I want to know Christ. Number two, I want to know Christ better. Let's begin with that first thing, knowing Christ in verses 7, 8, and 9. My mother, Edith Morgan, taught bookkeeping in high school, and I took her class. I was one of her students at Yaneka High School. She taught us all about balance sheets. On one side are all of the debts and liabilities we have. On the other are our assets. We all have a balance sheet, whether we realize it or not, whether it's written down or not. We have assets. We have liabilities. We have a net worth. I still keep a written balance sheet. Well, in this passage, the Apostle Paul took his personal balance sheet and turned it upside down. He said, the things that I once thought were assets, I now consider those to be liabilities. And the things that I thought were liabilities, I now considered assets. He said, quite plainly, everything that I once held dear, everything in this whole world is garbage. That's the word he used. Some translations say rubbish. Some even say dung. But everything in this world is garbage compared to the surpassing worth, the treasure, the unspeakable value of personally knowing Christ. I still remember the first time that I heard Graham Kendrick's wonderful song, Knowing You, Jesus, which is largely based on this passage. It's one of my favorite songs. It says, All I once held dear, built my life upon, all this world reveres and wars to own. All I once thought gain, I have counted loss, spent and worthless now compared to this, knowing you, Jesus, knowing you, there is no greater thing. Well, here in Philippians 3, Paul is continuing his line of thought about the nature of knowing Christ. As we've seen in previous episodes, if you've missed them, go back and take a listen. Some people in his day had been preaching something that was very wrong, that we could work our way into God's presence by pursuing a life full of religious forms and good deeds and godly virtues and what I called an earlier episode, commas. Paul said, in effect, if anyone could have done that, I would have done it. But then he went on to say, whatever were gains to me, these now I consider loss for the sake of Christ. And what is more, I consider everything a loss because or in view of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I really have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, now look at verse 9, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Now that last sentence, look at it again, verse 9, is the entire book of Romans summarized in one verse. Dr. Gordon Fee called it a little meteorite, from the book of Romans. We have not salvation based on a righteousness of our own that comes from the law, but that which is through Jesus Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. We meet Christ 
not based on our own personal virtues, but based on his virtue, his righteousness, which is imputed to us by grace and through faith when we meet him as our Savior. I recently had an interview with Sam Rohrer, president of the American Pastors Network. Sam was involved in politics in Pennsylvania for many years, and he served almost two decades as a state representative in Harrisburg. He told me that the Pennsylvania Capitol building is filled with scripture references. Now, I knew that that was true of the United States Capitol building in Washington, but of course, it's also true of other buildings as well, and the Pennsylvania Capitol is filled with scripture engraved on the walls of that building. There are Bible verses in the governor's reception room, in the house chamber, and in the senate chamber. In fact, I looked this up, there are 59 different Bible verses etched onto the walls of that one building, the state capital of Pennsylvania. The gospel is so clear in these engravings that Sam told me he used to take people on biblical tours of the state house, and this is what he told them. He would say, let me take you on a trip through the Capitol building. I can lead you to heaven through the Senate chamber. Well, I love that phrase. I can lead you to heaven through the Senate chamber. Sam was referring to the power of the gospel, which is engraved on the walls of the Senate. The only way to get to heaven is through our faith and the power of the gospel, which represents the death and the resurrection of a sinless Messiah, the Lord Jesus. We hear the message of Jesus. We realize that's what we need more than anything else in this world. We confess our sins, place ourselves in his hands, and welcome him into our lives as our Savior and Lord. If you have never done that, now is the time. Finding him is the most important thing in this world. And so Paul refers to the surpassing worth of knowing him, the treasure that surpasses the value of anything and everything in life, of all things put together. Compared to knowing him, everything else is, Paul says, garbage. But now he goes a step further, and he talks about the lifelong process of knowing Christ better and better. He said in verse 10, I want to know Christ. Yes, and to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his sufferings becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And let's go on with the passage because the next verses indicate the progressive nature of this relationship. Verse 12 says, Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do, not, uh, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, we'll break this down over the next couple of weeks. But let me put it to you this way. The other day I made a visit to Atlanta to the man who had introduced me to my wife Katrina 
nearly a half century ago. His name is Frank Fry, and 49 years earlier, he had been on the staff at Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina, and he was in charge of the traveling ministry teams. I had been the head of one of those teams. I was a student then, and when I returned from my summer break at the beginning of my senior year, he, I went to see him, of course, and he said, I want to introduce you to my new secretary. I followed him down the hall, and he entered an office at the end of the hall and said, Robert, this is Miss Polvinen. Well, her name was really pronounced Polvinen, but I remember, for some reason, I remember even how he said it. Robert, this is Miss Polvinen. Katrina looked up and smiled, and I remember that moment clearly in my mind. I don't really know why. Over the last half century, I've met thousands of people that I can't remember, but I do clearly remember meeting her. I had no idea that I was meeting my future wife, but the next day, if someone had asked me, do you know Katrina? I would have said, yes, I met her yesterday. But did I really know her yet? Our momentary meeting was only the beginning of the process of getting to know her better and better, which involved working together on various matters during that year, that school year, as the team that I was on, we worked together on the itinerary, and we built a friendship, and gradually we fell in love, we got married, we built a home together, and lived together as husband and wife 43 years until she went to heaven. And even when she passed away, I didn't know her yet fully. And one day I'm hoping to, well, I am certain that I'll get to know her better and better in the future. Getting to know someone is progressive. We meet them, but then we get to know them better and better. It is exactly the same way with Jesus Christ. There hopefully comes a day when we meet him when we receive him as our Savior and know him as our Lord, but for the rest of our lives and for all of eternity, we'll be getting to know him better and better. Now, we'll break this down next week, and I want to really go into verse number 10 and talk about that. It's been a very important verse to me over the years, but for now, let's just say that what Paul is telling us here is get to know Christ and then spend the rest of your life getting to know him better. Well, thanks for digging into the riches of the Bible with me. Remember to check out my website, robertjmorgan.com. You can find my books wherever you buy your books. I'm all over social media, and you'll never know what I'll say, and so check that out as well, and share this podcast with others so they can study the Bible with us. This episode was produced by Joshua Rowe, and the marketing company, Clearly Media. Audio editing by Jared Brummett. Editorial supervision is by Sherry Anderson. Luke Tyler takes each one of these episodes, condenses them, adds an opening outline, and posts them as blogs on my website. And there you can find many other resources as well, robertjmorgan.com. And music is by Jordan Davis and Elijah Rowe. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and may God be with you until we meet again.